an Olympian, a freshman. Her lines are gorgeous. She had the least desperate approach I have ever seen. I like to watch them before and after, see what they're feeling, how they relate with their teammates. Grace, her approach was different than every other person. Respectable and quiet, simply focused. They started matching 9975s for Abby Paulson on the beam and Sarah Edwards on the floor. Shout out to the judges that they kept it somewhat under control for the first three rotations, but it absolutely reached third glass of wine level in the fourth rotation. I owe gymnastics to my whole career now as a Broadway performer because one of the reasons I got in the door in New York City was because I could tumble. Once you've done college gymnastics, there's a bright future for you. Get ready, learn some new things. If you've already learned what you know, you can learn other things too. It is such a bright world out there for gymnasts. Just know your opportunities are limitless. Double back with Kenti Mack. Welcome to the newest gymnastics podcast, Double Back with Kenti Mack. Each week, I'll watch a meet and discuss it with a friend. This week, please welcome my friend, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Hello, Kenti. I'm so glad you joined me this week. Me too. I'm so happy to be here. I've been waiting for this. We tried to do this a few weeks ago, but you were otherwise occupied. Your off-Broadway show was running. Can you tell us about that? My off-Broadway show was called Black No More. It is the coolest new musical. It takes place in the late 1920s, early 1930s. It deals with race in America during that time in the South. It was a heavy musical, emotional, tragic, beautiful, important a story that I was so happy to tell. It's a rap musical. So this show was amazing and I can't wait to talk about it more once we know what's going on with it. The first leg of the journey is complete and right. let's see what's more to come. We got to see it. I will admit you were fabulous in it. The puppy <laughs> was fabulous in it too. Now you got to work with a celebrity as part of this musical. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, in my head, I worked with so many celebrities because there are so many Broadway celebs that were in it or celebrities to me. The biggest one who is not a Broadway celeb, but just a celeb, Tariq Trotter, calling him a famous rapper does not even begin to do him justice. He is on The Tonight Show. Jimmy Fallon, he is the lead of The Roots, the band. So you can see him every night if you tune in. And it was really cool to be hanging out on a daily with someone so cool. I felt like cooler because of him. Uh, suits he wore were so cool and his beard is so cool. You just want to be like him. The hats, the attire, the whole vibe, even as he just walks to the stage, I was trying to leech it out of him and <laughs> take some for myself. He was really generous and loving and always wonderful. And it's really nice to have a leader like that. He also wrote the music, the score. It's his creative child that he far onto the stage. It was just really neat. We're the luckiest people in the world to be able to witness all the different ways people can be artistic, creative, fabulous at something. Will non-Broadway folks know him as Tariq or as Black Thought? Oh, as Black Thought, the rapper. Thank <laughs> you, get. That's pretty rare that somebody who's written a show also appears in it. It happened for a while when Sarah Bareilles went into Waitress and at one point, Sting went into his show, The Last Ship. But typically, you'll have a singer-songwriter write a show that they don't appear in. So this was pretty special that he not only wrote all the music in the show, but he appeared in it. 
he acted as the narrator who carried us through the story and then had a very key moment in act two. <laughs> Bring your tissues. Can't wait to find out what's next with that show. And we'll be sure to talk about it again when there's more news to share. I'm excited. I'm excited to see. Do you have a history with gymnastics? Can you talk a little bit about where you grew up and your past experience with gymnastics? Yes, I'm from Claremont, Florida. It's a small, tiny town in Central Florida. And Brandy Johnson, the Olympian, Brandy Johnson, just happened to open up a mighty, mighty, amazing gym when I was little. And so I was lucky enough to go to gymnastics there. And my mom put me in baby gymnastics there to start. And then I ended up staying and being a gymnast with Brandy until my adolescence. I think I was done when I was 12 or 13. So I had vast gymnastics experience with her. I was on the team. A lot of people don't know her husband was a stunt guy and he worked at Universal Studios. So there was a lot of reasons to be in Central Florida and my mom worked for Disney. I had access to this world-class gym led by Brandy Johnson. I was also a dancer. So I got to combine the two and I love gymnastics because of my dance background. I felt like it just made me more dynamic and strong. And I owe gymnastics to my whole career now as a Broadway performer, because one of the reasons I got in the door in New York City was because I could tumble and I'm strong. And they looked for people who could do eight shows a week. And sometimes I got a tumble in those shows. So it was really helpful to me. My first Broadway show was a Cirque du Soleil show on Broadway. It was called Paramore. And I booked that show on Broadway because I could tumble. And I got to spend three years with world-class athletes, gymnasts, contortionists, all the best of Cirque du Soleil. And it was really wonderful to get to do that after growing up with gymnastics and competing and doing the meets. And then to be 25 years old in my first Broadway show was a search. I was just really cool. But that's a little bit about me and how I got here. The whole back with Kenji Mack. So just to gym nerd out for a second, what was your favorite event when you were a competitive gymnast? Surprise, my favorite event was floor. I was the best at floor because it was closest to dancing. Sure. Uh, my second best event was beam. Mm -hmm. My favorite to do ever, ever was bars, but I was not good at bars. And the vault, no one likes the vault. I mean, that's not true. I did not like the vault. <laughs> KJ Johnson probably likes the vault. <laughs> the vault exists for KJ. What was your most difficult tumbling pass on the floor? What I was going for when I stopped gymnastics, I was starting to learn how to twist. I had tried a double back with help. I feel like my tricks on beam were harder than what I was doing on floor. I was pretty good. Back handspring, like back whip, like back step out on the beam. We saw a number of those in the meet. Yes, we sure did. I was doing aerials and some cool stuff to get on and off the beam, but I don't remember competing the things that I was practicing. So you were working a lot of these skills that we saw in the meet last night. I was level six or something. I knew that I wanted to dance, which is why I retired. We all already knew that like, I was not going to be an Olympic hopeful. I was like, I'm going to keep dancing, but I'm going to stop this. And everyone's like, fine, we'll miss you. Was Sydney Johnson Sharp training there when you were there? She was. She was little. She was probably five and six. 
And every now and then she would be practicing with me. And she was like doing the same tricks I was doing. <laughs> she was already, obviously, as Brandy's child, just the most precious. And everyone was catering to her every whim and need in a cute way, in a sweet way. We love Sydney. And she's a senior on Florida's team this year. You can't believe she's a senior. That's wild. And there's one other athlete that you trained with at Brandy Johnson's who had an NCAA career, right? There's probably more, but I remember Mallory Rose. I remember the name. I remember the face. She had an excellent career at Washington. She was particularly a standout on the balance beam. I remember her practicing. I remember mm -hmm. watching her and then trying to go practice. I really think it's cool to see some of these people's careers because once you've done college gymnastics, there's a bright future for you. There are so many people that I know that went into cert after or became coaches. I'm always wondering what people are up to. I should get on Google. I'm glad you brought that up. It's good for gymnasts out there to know there's lots of career opportunities in the performing arts, dance, Cirque. We see athletes go into all sorts of careers, but those are fun things that even people who don't make the NCAA level can aspire to. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think a lot of Cirque people who have outstanding careers and are well-known in their field get to travel the world with Cirque du Soleil and, or other companies similar to Cirque because they didn't go to college. They either didn't get into the school they wanted to and they deferred or whatever, but then they auditioned for Cirque or they go to Cirque's training program in Montreal and get ready, learn some new things. If you've already learned what you know, you can learn other things too. It is such a bright world out there for gymnasts. Just know your opportunities are limitless. There's a lot to do. What a great message. I think with that, let's jump right in. So we got to watch Utah at LSU. I'm not sure how much you've been watching this season, but this was a pretty highly anticipated matchup. Number four versus number seven. These are two teams in two different conferences, so they wouldn't normally meet each other during the regular season. So this was a very special cross-country duel between these two powerhouse teams. We've been watching meets for years together, maybe almost a decade now, but it had been a while. There were things I was forgetting and I had the questions and I kind of forgot how it worked because I've been out of this world for so long. So I feel like I look at it through a different lens now. The first thing that I want to mention is the hair trends that seem to be happening universally. Everyone was doing braids, bam, bam, braids. Yes. Uh, and it's so interesting because it has changed. And we've watched the evolution in the past 10 years of the Leo trends and the hair trends what people are putting on their face. It, it's just kind of fun to witness as someone who hasn't watched a meet in a while. I loved the braided some had them woven in the back, you know, so that like the end piece was like this and then it would trail down. And I thought, how interesting to go through your meat. I would need it out of my face. I know wispies. So I, that's very service, but that was the first thing I wrote down, hair trends. When I first started watching NCAA in the 90s, it was always pulled back in a scrunchie. And then there was lots of spray on the bangs. But you would see sometimes the hair would get loose and start getting in their face. When I first started seeing people going with the very dramatic braid idea, I assumed that was just to make sure that hair stays out of your face when you're tumbling and flipping and all that. 
it makes sense. But you know, it's also fashion. It is also fashion. I remember Brandy's, she had one big bang and the big stretchy pony. And the big bang continued into my gym career. Although by the time I was doing meets, we were just like, get it back, get it up. Just a bun. There would be the very stylized hairstyles. And then some would do the simple pullback pony. It was two style camps in this meeting. <laughs> the ones that stuck with me were the ones where I was like, how early did you wake up today? And who did that? You definitely didn't do that yourself. I think they get together and have hair parties the night before to make sure that everything is set. That's really cute. And I love that because that, that means that they have community. There was also some color used in the hair. And I thought there was some school spirit going on. I think Kaya Johnson had turned her pony poof into purple. I love that. Yeah, I think I made myself someone else too from Utah. We love that. Well, Elena was first. Yeah, Elena Arenas went first for LSU on vault. That was a highlight for me too. She kicked off that vault lineup with her Yurchenko full, completely stuck it for a 9.9. We'll remember that later when another stuck Yurchenko full didn't get a 9.9. Elena stuck it and she knew she slayed and her face, she knew she nailed it. And there's something so powerful about having that moment as someone who in my dance career, when I go on stage at night, it's hard to believe that you did your personal best or that you just nailed it. And Elena knew she nailed it. And she got to carry that with her for the rest of the day. Good for you, girl. You were first and you slayed. Slayed. Anyway. That was the first thing I wrote. She knew she slayed. <laughs> she's an athlete that the emotions are really on her sleeve. You can tell exactly what she's thinking. Some of the other athletes are a little bit more stealth and they've got a game face. You know exactly what's happening with Elena. <laughs> I love it. I saw her too far later and she did her, to, what is that? The, to Kachev. Oh my gosh. Her legs were like by her ears. I had such a woe moment. I wrote, she's going to sleep so well tonight because she had a phenomenal meet. Like, good for you. She kicked it off for me. Her exciting essence led me into, oh, now I'm really excited to watch. So I'm glad that she got to go first because this is a sport. We're watching a game. We're all mm -hmm. watching. It was a really exciting way to kick off the meet. It sure was. Yeah. And for LSU, I thought the back half of their lineup was then right on. So in the fourth spot, we had KJ Johnson. The hair and makeup trend, by the way, for KJ Johnson was off the chain. Powerhouse fashion. Wrote it down. Powerhouse fashion. I'm a big fan of KJ. Yeah. So she has a powerful run, huge block. She also did that Yurchenko full. I thought she stuck it very upright. She got a 985 and we heard the crowd booing a lot for that score. It's not necessarily that that score was unjustified, but it seemed a little bit low given how high we had started with Elena Arenas sticking for that 9-9. Yeah, I don't understand that. I thought KJ was great. And I didn't think that Elena's vault was any better or worse. Yeah, I agree. Then the powerhouse duo <laughs> wrapped it up for LSU on vault with Kaya Johnson drilling her Yurchenko double twist. Purple hair, purple eyeshadow, so really getting into the school spirit. 
One judge threw a 10, the other one a 995. So she hit a 9975. Kaya is very special. You can tell this human was built for this sport. Mm -hmm. Her success is in her God-given talent that, and obvious hard work. That's without saying. Her run was special. I've never seen anyone run like that. It was like she was getting air by lifting her knees up higher and running like up. And yeah. then by the time she nailed it, you know, perfect score. I mean, to me, I was like, perfect. 10, 10, 10. Fireball. Just such a fireball. And I actually think that someone said the word fireball while she was running. And then I continued to notice during her bar work, the way her body is. Like her lower back was doing so much work for her could get her around and around. It was almost like she was scooping from her pelvis and her lower back muscles were working. And usually if gymnasts are doing that, I don't see it, but I saw what makes her so special was her uniqueness was really helping her win. <laughs> yeah. I think I noticed that on both her vault and her bars dismount. That's yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Any mortal human might've taken a little step or a little adjustment but Kaya just used her strength to turn that into a perfect landing. I could see what was different. I don't know how she did it, but you can see the work happening, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. It's really special. Haley Bryant went up in the sixth spot and did that huge pike front half. She really hits a layout position halfway through the vault and just floats down to the ground. She... Gave such a pretty finish to the vault. She is so polished. Mm -hmm. She did during this meet was outstanding. You can tell everyone loves Haley. Good for you, girl. So perfect 10 on the vault. Meantime, Utah was over on the uneven bars, having themselves an excellent competition as well. Grace McCallum in the second spot was a real standout. An Olympian, a freshman. Her lines are gorgeous. I have so many thoughts on her. She was kind of the one I left remembering. Mm, yeah. And you know why? She had the least desperate approach I have ever seen. Kent knows I'm very interested in the emotional. I like to watch them before and after, see what they're feeling, what they're going through, how they relate with their teammates. So... Grace, her approach was different than every other person. It was just respectable and quiet, simply focused. It's and confidence, she, right? She knows exactly what she's capable of and she knows how to deliver it every time. I auditioned better than I used to because I'm not desperate. I've done brown bags. So like being in another one would be great, but I already had something great. Now I'm just eating my cake. Maybe she's like, well, I'm already an Olympian. I know what I'm doing. I've practiced and I'm prepared. Preparedness equals confidence. But it was like a quiet, simple confidence. Because some people are like, that's right, it's me. It was not that approach. But it was so not desperate that I was shocked. And then she got a 9.925. Mm -hmm. And it was just so easy. And then she showed up again for the floor. And I thought that approach wouldn't work for floor. I really didn't think it would work for floor. Because you have to be sassy and show your personality. You have to like own it. And whereas you can be more focused with the other events. However, her floor was fantastic. And she had that same approach. Yeah. When she was going to do a back handspring and then rolled on her back down to the floor. Yes. Her signature sort of 
falls to her back in a wolf position. Really cool back dive move. You have to be zen to achieve that. If you can't over rotate or you're going to get hurt. She executed that with the most zen I've ever seen someone. And her mount to the beam was similar in that she went backwards on the beam. And it's just so hard to do that. Your head is there. There's a beam there. Oh, and it was so gorgeous. And then she did wolf turns on the beam and you have to be so zen. She did two wolf turns. I mean, it was amazing. So her approach had to be so zen and not desperate to achieve some of these tricks, which aren't even like powerhouse tricks. You have to be so at peace with your inner soul. I'm just so blown away by this human. When you're really in a high level meet like this and both teams are on, I think one of the things that can make a big difference in the bar scores are how perfect you get to those handstands. And that's one thing I thought Grace really owned. She went straight up to that handstand and paused it right there, did everything else she needed to do, and then paused it right back up in that handstand again. And it was just amazing. How can you improve on the way Grace works the uneven bars? <laughs> There's some inner meditation going on to get her to that state where she can stop and continue. It's easy to be powerful. It's easier to dance fast than it is to dance slow. And I think that that goes for anything physical. It's easy to dance fast and move fast. And it is so hard to fall if you're like slowly to then sustain, 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 take that extra breath before moving on. And that takes control. And you can't have control unless you have inner core work, peace of mind. It all comes together. Your vessel needs all of these layers in order to thrive, but Thriving quietly is harder than thriving loud. And I think that's why Grace was such an enigma to me. There's all the physical preparation, but there's the mental aspect of it too. Being calm, knowing exactly where you are, how to complete the routine. You see so many people that give up at the end or, or miss that dismount. It's like you have to stay mentally strong and push through all the way until that salute. And that feels like it comes very naturally to Grace. She has the grace of someone who is a senior, not a freshman. Utah is very grateful to have three more amazing years of Grace McCallum. <laughs> in the fourth spot, Miley O'Keefe was out with illness. So Alexia Birch was in the bars lineup for her, and she unfortunately missed her straddled Jaeger. It looked like a slightly scary fall to me because she kept rotating and fell basically on her face. The big mat was there, so she was fine. She shook it off and finished her routine. Coming off of what we were just talking about with the mindset going into an event, Alexia Birch was stepping in. She was swinging in, as we would call it in theater. I've swung two Broadway shows. It is hard to do. That's when you replace someone who is out because they're sick, because they're hurt, whatever. You have to be quick. You have to be confident. And I saw Alexia, who is a senior, and I'm sure there's some feelings wrapped around the fact that she's a senior and she's like a standby, basically. Her face, as she was getting put up on her hands, I thought, oh, Alexia knows things. She knows too much. She knows she's a replacement. She didn't seem settled. She didn't seem like she was ready, like not a focused, quiet ready. It was like she smelled something rotten and she wasn't ready to go. She wasn't in it. I didn't see her in it. And I wrote that down and then she fell on her stomach. And I was like, 
<gasps> and I texted Kent immediately because it's palpable through the screen to me who watched it in the bathtub. Palpable. You have to be in it. Like we were watching figure skating during the Olympics. And I was like, no good. This isn't going to be great. I could tell the Russian figure skater who... Valieva. Yes. I knew she was going to fall. I was like, she's going to fall. There's too much pressure. She didn't look confident. She didn't look ready. She didn't even look focused. She just looked like something was going on right. with her. Do you have headlights? Yeah. She fell. You can put that on yourself. You can be ready and then freak yourself out. But that's what I felt happened here with this senior. She's been around too long. She's known too much. She knows she's a senior. There are so many things that factor in dealing with the fact that you're standing in for someone who, how old is Milo? I know that if I was standing in for someone younger than me, I would also have a feeling about it. Miley O'Keefe is a junior on the team. Okay. And I also wonder how far in advance of the meet Alexia knew she was going to be going in. Because I think there would be a difference between having a week to prepare and know that you're going in versus at the last minute to find out that you're going to be competing bars that weekend. Right. I feel that she showed up and did well on her other events. She kind of knocked it. And I think that's hard to do. And I was really impressed by that. It's hard to knock it. Yeah. Well, as someone who has swung in to a show with no notice, I'm on stage. If I mess up, I kind of carry that. It's hard to drop it, go off stage, recover, change costumes, come back on for another number and keep slaying. It's hard to slay once you've fallen. Equally, it's really easy to do well if you've been doing well. And that's how I felt about Haley Bryant. Mm-hmm. And even actually same with Elena who went first. She had great success. She then did her bar routine and she was a great success. It's easy to have success once it's like a snowball effect. Shout out to Alexia Birch for really turning it around. Came back really strong in the vault and the beam after having some trouble on the bars. And also a shout out to Utah. Of course, the highest five count. So once Alexia fell, they knew they had to really come back, try and nail those last two routines. And I thought Sage Thompson and Crystal Issa were both big standouts. Their team picked it up. It was like, it's okay, girl, we got you. Sage is just a freshman. She's got beautiful form. I thought her handstands were also very, very pretty. And then she nailed that double layout dismount. I thought her leg extension was as good as Grace McCallum. And that's what you're looking for when you see a great uneven bar worker is for those handstands to be fully locked out for the beauty of the line as they're swinging and doing all their release moves. I thought she did a great job. I thought so too. I felt like she was like beautifully detached and it helped her. She wasn't desperate and she's a freshman. When you're eager, it's really easy to overdo. The detachment helped her perfectly stick. Yeah. I'm very impressed. And then Crystal Issa, their senior, wrapped it up. She is a ray of sunshine, even on the bars. And when she's getting ready to go and high-fiving her teammates, she draws you in with her radiant personality. I agree. She was special. I thought she also had like perfect balance and she was just stunning to watch. Her rejoice after she did well at the end was really special. And I feel like we would have been friends. She just seemed like a really nice person. I want to be friends with Crystal Isa too. She seems like a cool customer. <laughs> yeah. How old is she? Like, can we be friends? Crystal. <laughs> Crystal? I'm, I'm going to follow her on Insta. I'll send her a DM. 
DMS Crystal. Can you imagine being a gymnast in the world today? You can have a following on Instagram. People can see what you do before and after the meet. When I was young, we just didn't have that. So I didn't know what a day in the life of a Broadway performer looked like. You couldn't just click on anyone's story and figure out about their life. And you can with these people. It's a totally different world we're in now. And it's interesting you bring that up. The most followed athlete in all of NCAA, any sport, was in this meet tonight. Olivia Dunn from LSU has 1.6 million Instagram followers. They live in a very different world than even 10 years ago in terms of the exposure and people following them and reaching out to them. I think it's frankly why some of the Olympians decided to continue their career in NCAA. They've changed the rules this year so that they can now make money off their name, image, and likeness. So if they are doing endorsements or ads, as long as it's not gymnastics related, they can make money as college athletes. Why not? So in between the rotation break, they showed a lot of shots of the crowd. I didn't see any masks in this crowd. <laughs> Newsflash, the pandemic is over in Louisiana. I'm not going to lie. I feel like the town I live in, in upstate New York, is very much so living in that same light. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> I went into the grocery store the other day and everyone looked at me because I had a mask on. I spend a lot of time in New York City where everyone is still wearing masks. And to be in a theater, you still have to wear masks. Everyone's wearing masks, unless you're saying things. So, hmm. yeah, it's interesting that we have moved past it in Louisiana. Louisiana's done. They've moved on. LSU scored a 49.525 on vault to Utah's 49.4 on the uneven bars. I thought the scoring was appropriate in the first rotation. I thought we were off to a really good start. A lot of hit routines. Utah wasn't quite as precise as LSU. As they both move toward the postseason, each team has places in their lineup where they can improve on those landings, the precision on the handstands. Uh, but both teams off to a great start. LSU had my heart in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I'm not exactly sure why. I found myself naturally rooting for them based on the gymnasts and their personalities and what I could see. I was leaning towards them. I think LSU might be a team that wears its emotions more on their sleeve. Yeah. When they're I, up, they're up. When they're down, they're down. They're going through it together as a team and feeling all the things. And I wonder if that has anything to do with where they are. Louisiana, Southern, you know, I think fun when I think that team, the hoot and a party. And I wonder if being adjacent to that energy in that school, in that area, the Big Easy, you know, all of that, I wonder if that rubs off on the essence of the team. Whereas when I think Utah, all I can think of is very straight-laced, religious. I think those of us who haven't been to or lived in Utah might have one particular idea of what it's like there. Whereas, look, we're acknowledging there's all kinds of people everywhere. <laughs> I wonder if that's what I've put on the teams, you know, because I think of Louisiana and Utah as separate ends of the spectrum. But I found myself leaning towards the party, what yeah. seems to be a party, the low-cut Leos. I was like, oh, okay, okay. The other thing I think at play, LSU was at home. So they had their home fans, their student section, their band. They're feeling very comfortable in that environment. That's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. 
yeah, they were hung. Did you have a Leo that you preferred? LSU had the sheer purple with the plunging neckline and the, the black on the bottom with the stripes of sparkles throughout. I loved. Yes, that one. I liked Utah's Leo too. LSU had me with the deep V. Utah had red on the bottom, white on the top. It almost looked pink as it sort of ombre up to the top. There was ruching on the front and the wrapped fabric on the back, almost like a spider web of sparkles across it. It was beautiful. It was a work of art. And against another not like low cut V, I might have picked it. <laughs> so heading into Utah's vault, this can sometimes be a nervous rotation. They don't always have the sticks and the confidence, especially when they're not in their home environment. I was on the edge of my seat to see how this one went. I thought one of the big standouts in the third spot, Lucy Stanhope went up with her Yurchenko one and a half. Really nice pop off the table and good height. Just a small hop forward, but I thought she handled the vault really, really well. She scored a 9.875 for that vault. As I watched Utah on the vault, it wasn't special the way I felt Utah was special on the floor. And I thought Utah was special on bars. Even Beeb, I, I didn't feel that way about the vault. It wasn't really anything that stood out to me. I thought they had some technically good vaults. There weren't any really stuck vaults. There wasn't that huge celebration moment. Jaden Rucker went right after Lucy. She also had a Yurchenko one and a half. They thought she showed a really nice block and height, but she stepped forward on her landing as well. It was like Utah couldn't quite put the full package together on ball. I would agree. I actually did make some notes about Grace. She made it look very easy, like anyone could do it. Just ease. As much as I love Sage, her vault didn't have enough momentum. She stepped forward. She didn't rotate enough. It looked to me like she opened up a little early, like maybe she was trying to stick it. She ended up being short, chest down, had that little hop forward. She jumped ahead to sticking it and not completing. Grace definitely had the outstanding vault in this rotation. She just a half onto the table. Front tuck, half off, small scoot back, but cleanly done, well landed, scored a 9.925. So Utah came in with a 49.4 in the vault, which was a tenth and a quarter behind what LSU got on the vault. And again, I thought this was fair. Their vaults were not as precise. We'd saw some sticks from LSU that we were missing from Utah. And that's one area they can zone in on as they move toward postseason. Then over to LSU on bars and one of your favorites, Kaya Johnson, kicked it off. I thought she did an excellent job in the first spot. What her body is capable of doing, it makes her so special. She knows exactly how to work herself. It's incredible. Her uniqueness is outstanding. Yeah, she did a great job of really showing those great handstand positions, I thought. She did the Maloney to the bail and then that double layout totally stuck. She's money in that first spot. You know, she could go much later in the lineup and get a huge, huge score. She went in that first spot and did an excellent job and scored a 9.9. .9. So that sets you up for a great rotation. How hard it must be to go in the first spot. Yeah. Or to be at the end where you have to clean up everyone's possible mess and make sure that you wrap it in a little bow for your tea. But if you mess up at the beginning, all your teammates are like, oh, 
oh, we have to be perfect. And that's a lot of pressure on a team, you know? So I'm fascinated by the mental preparedness to be like, okay, I have to go first. Yeah. And I have to be great or my team's going to suffer. How hard? Sometimes if there's a new athlete to the lineup that they're working in, they'll put them in that last spot because that pressure is somewhat alleviated. If the first five can hit, you almost have a free pass to go out there and try your routine. Now, it could also turn around the other way. If there is a miss and they're counting on you to hit, that becomes a very pressure-filled situation at the sixth spot as well. What I'm hearing is that either way, there's just so much pressure. There's a lot of pressure. <laughs> so like you mentioned, Elena Arenas went in that second spot. Huge height on her Tukachev. And she also stuck her double layout dismount. It was very exciting. They were building a, a terrific rotation. And then Olivia Dunn in the third spot, she had an unusual mistake. She was just doing her cast half on the low bar. And I guess she missed a hand or she was off balance. She just kind of collapsed and fell off the low bar, jumped back up and finished her routine. If you're in a pressure filled situation, you want Haley Bryant next up on bars. And that's what they had. She did an awesome job. She saved the rest of the team. Also, she got so tiny for her tuck. When she tucked for her landing, she yeah. became a tiny little ball. I saw a lot of wide tucks. So basically one is a tiny ball and one is not. And then the foot part is, you know, if you're pointing from your ankle, your line looks beautiful. If you're pointing, just scrunching up your toes, like, oh, my shoe's too tiny. Not cute. You always want to point from your ankle. Like you're drawing a circle with your foot. If anyone's listening to the podcast version of this, go on over to YouTube and watch the video. And you can see Sarah demonstrating the tucked positions that she preferred from the meet last night. <laughs> Haley Bryant has that double front half out, which is a new dismount for her this year. But she pops off the bar, gets into that beautiful tuck, explodes out with the half twist. I thought she was going to stick it. She took a tiny little step back. She hit a 9-9 nine -nine with that routine. Alona Shanikova. This was one of her really good bar routines. Everything was in the right position. She stuck her dismount. She went in the fifth spot and scored a 9-9-2-5. Yeah, she whipped herself on that last layout to her dismount. And again, it was cool to see her body work and really get it around. And I thought she did a great job. Whereas her vault, she took a jeté, a ground jeté forward on her vault. So good for you for coming back from kind of something that maybe you were sad about. Thanks for doing it with style, Alona. If you're going to take a huge step out of your vault, make it a grand jeté. And her toes are pointed. Too much power. Such a dance facility. I'm going to talk about her when we talk about floor. Just like Sydney Johnson Sharp, who you trained with at one point, Alona's parents are both gymnasts and they were her coaches. A lot of times I find that if the athlete has been trained by their parent, sometimes the things just seep in a little bit deeper. Anyone can learn that if they're talented and excellent athletes, like all the athletes in this competition. But I just find it sits a little different sometimes on their bodies if they come from that legacy of their, their parents or grandparents. I don't know if this is true for Alona, but I have also found that those people have the hardest hurdles to jump over mentally. 
in my experience with people who are from dance studios, they're so part of themselves. It's almost like they can hear someone on their shoulder at night. It runs so deep. I've watched dancers struggle who have both parents be dancers. And then some of them are just like, no, it runs my pillows in my blood. So it's not always true, but I have found that it's harder. That's a really good point. And maybe I shouldn't read too much into it. I should just enjoy Alona's hit bars routine. <laughs> Me too. I'm sure she didn't have mom and dad sitting on her shoulders saying, point your toe when you fail on a mirror ball. Hopefully they were there in the stands just cheering them on. <laughs> it was interesting to note both of these head coaches, so Tom Farden from Utah and Jay Clark from LSU, they're both bars specialists. If there's one event that they're specifically great at coaching, it's the uneven bars. So I thought that was interesting to see the side-by-side -side bars comparison. LSU scored a 49.425 on uneven bars. Utah scored a 49.4 on uneven bars. So it was so, so close. LSU ended up winning the first two events. So they were at this point a 10th and a half ahead heading into the third rotation. They also mentioned it was senior night. So honoring the six LSU seniors, that's Sammy Durante, Rebecca D'Antonio, Christina Desiderio, Bridget Dean, Reagan Campbell, and Sarah Edwards. Some big shout out to the LSU seniors on senior night. And then I wanted your take on the purple fuzzy slippers that LSU was wearing. Did you see those slippers? No, I'm so mad that you know I love a furry slipper. I have them for backstage. I'm all about it. They're back with the vengeance. Fur and anything that Cher was wearing in Clueless is back. Bucket hats. I saw some of her Melissa wearing the glasses. Maybe it was Kaya. Yes, I think those yeah. might be the stick glasses. When they stick a dismount, they put on the stick glasses. I love the tradition. I was confused. I didn't understand why... Out of all those seniors, only two of them had events that night, right? Bridget and Sarah. Sammy Durante just went on the bars. Christina Desiderio did beam and floor. Bridget Dean did the beam. I remember Bridget. Sarah Edwards did the vault on the floor. But you're right. We did not see Reagan Campbell do anything. She did beam early in the season and has been out since then. And I'm not sure if she's hurt or just not making lineups. And then Rebecca D'Antonio, she was not in any of the competitive lineups. They put her up as an exhibition on the beam so that she got to perform on her senior night. What pressure. It's fascinating to me that some people get to do all events or most of the events, and then some people don't get to go or their backup or they have one event. And it's almost mentally harder if you have one event. Because you have just this one chance versus if you're doing all of them, you have a couple other chances. Especially if the only event you do is floor, you come in, you warm up with the team and you have to sit around for almost an hour and a half before your event happens. I think this is the situation when these teams have 20, 25 athletes on them and only six go per event. I think they have to try and change their mindset to a more team centered mindset. Me being a backup on this event or me being one of the athletes that's also training beam is helpful for the team as a whole. I agree with that. You have to change your mindset. 
And I thought when Rebecca D'Antonio landed her dismount, the love and support that you saw from all the team members running over and giving her the big high fives and the big hugs, I thought that kind of exemplified the team mentality that she's been training. She's been ready to go. That's her way of contributing to the team. And they were giving that love back to her. I loved that. That was a really special moment. And you could tell it was emotional for her. And, you know, there was a lot at stake. and Everyone was there for her. That would be so hard. Also, these they're young. They're 22. She's 20. That's a lot. That's a lot. These gymnasts have lived big lives in their 22 years. I can't even. It's amazing. Christina Desiderio started them off on beam. Just like Alona on the bars, I feel like sometimes Christina's hit or miss on the beam. Sometimes every skill has a little wobble or a little unsureness. This was one of her really good beam routines. There were no wobbles. Everything showed real confidence, stuck the dismount. She scored a 9.925 to start them off. And I wondered if you saw the choreo that she did. It looked like she was lifting up her compact and checking her makeup. Yes, I did. Absolutely, I did see that. And I, I was taking notes on all the choreo bit. And everyone was doing it with her. I always think it's so funny when everyone's like, Go, Christina! And they're like doing it with her. It's funny. I live for it. I live for it. When Kaya Johnson was doing her beam routine, there was a great shot of Sierra Ballard in the background doing every bit of her choreography along with her. And I thought that was so much fun to watch. Especially on floor, when you see someone doing their funny thing and everyone's doing it with them, and then suddenly you see them smile. Like the whole time they've been kind of serious and focused and not really enjoying the drop shimmy that's in their combo. The whole combo was meant to have personality until they have to do a tumbling test. Some of these girls blaze through it till they get to that one corner where their team is. And their teammates are like, yes, Sabrina. And then you see them light up. I live from that because they're dancing to like Mambo number five or something. I struggle to watch Lauren B because I get depressed when I see lifeless choreography with no intention. I completely understand you to store and save your energy because you were about to turn into that corner and do a very scary thing to the other corner. It has to have all of the power, all the force that is in your tiny, tiny body. I understand. And then you see some people who are slaying the choreo and you're like, okay, so it can be done. It can be done. There's a difference. I wonder if that's even the point of having the whole collection of teammates there doing the choreo in the corner so that when the athlete gets there, it just tickles them so much that it starts to spill out. That maybe that's the point. Let's draw some of that energy out and remind them time to sell it, time to show the audience and the judges you're having a great time. You would think that it would rub off on everyone. You would think that the other gymnasts would look at that person and be like, I need to do that. That's successful. Maybe some people just aren't social dancers. And by that, I mean, I can't like get down. I'm not talking about like pirouettes and leaps. I think there's people who are shy or not naturally centers of attention, natural performers who might be excellent at all of the tumbling, 
But you're right, to, to deliver the full package performance, you want to see that commitment, that investment in selling the movement. What I saw from Flooring B in general, with the people who did both, I, I noticed one or the other was stronger. Haley Bryant. She had gorgeous form. When she did her jumps, her legs were so straight and extended. I thought there has to be a way for the judges to give some additional credit for how beautifully she does her movements and her jumps over most everybody else, because they're just so beautiful to watch. Everyone on B from LSU was so tiny looking, <laughs> not so tiny. Maybe I'm just noticing their height for the first time in relationship to the beam. Everyone looked this tiny. It was so cute. Everyone was pocket size. And then Utah, everyone seemed very long to me, like long, beautiful limbs. Both are adorable and beautiful. Bridget Deed, I loved her choreography on B. Bridget had a lot of arms happening, but it was elegant. Sometimes on B, these get very staccato and very huh, hit, hit. And Bridget danced through their B routine and it was really successful. And I liked it. Okay. Aaliyah Finnegan. Mm -hmm. Aaliyah's beam to me was okay, but I loved Aaliyah's floor routine. She had all the confidence and attitude. She was giving me face. She had lived a dance competition life in her past. And I was completely invested in her floor routine because she gave so much personality life and confidence. It was exceptional. I loved Sarah Edwards. I thought she was acting from the very start on her floor routine. She was fun. She made me look like I wanted to hang out with her. She did a backflip ball change at one point, and it was exceptional, like a back step out, if you will. Carrie Eaker, where had she been the whole time? Carrie Eaker is outstanding. Why haven't we seen more Carrie Eaker today? Yeah, so she was also an Olympic alternate. She injured her ankle early in the season. She was warming up a vault and she hurt her ankle. So she's been out for several weeks and now she's back, but only on B. She'll be working her way back into the other events when her ankle fully heals. I'm super happy she's back on beam because her beam is gorgeous. Why are we hiding Kara Eaker? What's the Kara Eaker erasure? What's happening? Yeah. I'm a huge fan. In the third rotation, Utah was on the floor. Mm -hmm. One who really stood out to me, and you mentioned earlier about pointing through your toes and the extension. I thought Jaylene Gilstrap in that second position, dancing to the Queen Bohemian Rhapsody music. Her extension and her jumps and her leaps are so beautiful. I just want to watch her all day on the floor. I wrote... Pretty ballet. Let's get her in Cirque du Soleil. She reminds me of my bestie from Cirque. So high on her double back. Oh, yeah. I think that she was my favorite floor of the entire day. I thought she was outstanding. And she is one of these people that I think, with her routine being so stretchy and bendy, mm -hmm. click in the back of her head with her toes and such ballet. I'm wanting her to go to Montreal after she graduates. She's the artistry winner for me after that floor exercise routine. I agree with that, Kent. Yes. There's a move that they do called ring jump, where they're supposed to release the head and either touch them or almost touch them with their toes. And on most gymnasts, it doesn't look very comfortable or very well done. 
on Jalen Gilstrap. It's so beautiful. She's uh, the only one who should be allowed to do that skill because it's gorgeous when she does. It takes such a pana in the dance world. That's like your upper body, the tilt to the lilt of your upper body. It takes such a pana to really be successful in that trick that you're saying. We call it something different, but it's a dance thing as well. It's very easy for dancers, you know, and it's so funny sometimes to see gymnasts because their bodies are different. There's less flexibility usually and more power. They usually don't take as much time getting in or out of the trick. They just jump on a sprung floor into it instead of like a shahase step leap, you know. So it's executed differently, but it is really fun to see it be so successful in gymnastics. Grace McCallum was another one of the standouts for me. Not only does she have really pretty extension, really nice movements and that confidence that you talked about. On this one, she really absorbed the landings. She started with the full in, absorbed it very well, showed the control, her front layout to Rudy. If she had just taken the lunge on that, she would have been perfect. She tried to two foot stick it and took a tiny little scoot. This was a good one for Grace. Grace got a 9.85 on her floor. You know how I feel about Grace. I love Grace. Quietly smoking my cigarette, put it out with her toe, and then went and did the floor perfectly. <laughs> because she's so cool and chill, oh, right? She's such cool girl energy. Yeah, then Sydney Solonsky in the sixth spot, she has very different energy than Grace McCallum. She lights up with her performance. It's a very exuberant, high energy music sort of performance. And I thought her tumbling was also very well controlled. The reaction in the arena was not quite as big as it would be when Utah's at home, but I thought she did a nice job of committing to that energy of the performance and also showing very controlled tumbling. First on floor, the MCs were saying how great she was and how fun her dance was and how much personality and charisma, but I wasn't getting it. I'm glad you pointed that out. I made a note of that too. When Abby Paulson was on the floor, the male commentator, Lynn, said, Blossom, personality, and sass all in one sentence. And I thought that was an example of a commentator regurgitating words that they had heard used to describe floor exercise performances in the past and not actually applying them to what he was seeing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. I thought Utah was very strong in other places, like being. And bars, I really loved watching Utah, BB bars, not on floor. Lucy Stanhope, that floor routine seemed like maybe just the wrong tempo of music. It just was very basic. And I know Lucy is a better dancer than that. I didn't love the choreo. What kind of music was that? There were like bells and some rhythm happening and... I couldn't figure out what kind of music it was. So I wasn't able to resolve what her movements were doing and whether it made sense with that music. I was so dumbfounded by the lack of choreography that was happening. And I think that the tempo was a big part. It looked very rudimentary, like very beginner. I, I just didn't think that that was a great showcase of Lucy's talent. Yeah. Her tumbling was outstanding in this meet. Let's get Lucy some better music and some better movements that match that music that's perhaps more in line with what her natural dance style is and i think her routine would be 100 percent better 
when I see a gymnast who is an amazing gymnast, then like take a few steps on the floor and have no relationship to their body because they're suddenly dancing and that's not what they do. Jaden Rucker did like marching band music and she did the lasso in the corner. Jaden, I felt like it was low energy and the choreo, this feels lazy, saving energy, saving energy through the tumbling passes. I get it. However, there was something missing. So I don't know who's choreographing these girls' routines, but Utah's floor was not my fave, aside from Grace. Let's go Grace. Hey, Grace. So in the rotation changeover, moving to rotation four, Ashley Nat had some white pleated pants that were everything. Shout out to Ashley Nat's pants, because those were amazing. Yes, Ashley, good for you, girl. There were some nice tie-ins between these two teams. LSU set the new attendance record across the NCAA, and that's a record that Utah has held for many, many years. There's an assistant coach on Utah's team named Maya Hambrick, who was a huge star for LSU a few seasons back. Garrett Griffith and Courtney McCool Griffith, of course, two of the associate coaches for LSU, also used to be at Utah. So that was really nice. I saw on Twitter some photos of the two coaching staffs getting together and taking pictures. So big rivalry, but it seems to be a friendly rivalry. And some of these coaching staffs that have work together. I did not know that. That's cool, Ken. Moving into the last rotation, we've talked a little bit about Utah's beam. They are very outstanding on the balance beam. I thought Emily Morgan had the best beam routine. She was so graceful and the most danced. I was like in shock and awe over Emily. And then where has Emily been? She's another freshman who competed at the Olympics for Great Britain this past summer. There was someone else on the team, too, that is also from England. I remember hearing that. Yes, Lucy Stanhope also competed for the national team in Great Britain. So cool. But I agree Uh, with you. Amelie, everything was just hit. She does this nice move where she's seated on the beam and she arches her back over the back end of the beam. But that was so pretty to see. And then totally stuck her dismount. She scored a 9925 to start the rotation. You knew you were in for a good Utah beam tonight. Amelie was my favorite. Such a standout. So beautiful. Grace McCallum did a beautiful job. Yes. Yes. Abby Paulson did a beautiful job. So beautiful room beam. Some people seem like they're just comfortable, like they're at one with the beam. Abby Paulson seems like a very natural beam worker. She doesn't seem nervous. She seems to get it and she can just show it off up there. You know, this is your good event. There is a piece that comes with that. So then you just go into that place. You're, oh, I know this one. And I felt like that in my past about dance numbers. You know, if I'm nervous about one of them, but then there's this one part of the show that I'll, I can do this one in my sleep. I love this one. There's like a refinement that comes with that. So that makes sense to me. The athletes get to choose which background music plays when they're on the beam. And I didn't know that. When Alexia Birch was on the beam, there was Jason Mraz's song playing. It was jamming to the song and enjoying her performance. (laughs) I thought that must be something that really helps them feel 
much more comfortable just knowing that they can have a little bit of a control over the arena when they're performing. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you said that because I noted that music was playing and I heard John Mayer at one point mm-hmm. and I, oh, this is interesting. I wonder what's happening over there. I figured some DJ was playing. I had no idea that they get to pick and all of their music was very like centering. There might have been a Sarah Bareilles, like Zen, Zen, Zen. And when the teams compete at home and they're in control of the sound system in the arena, of course, they always get to pick what's playing when they're on the beam. And then when they're away, sometimes the host team is generous and says, sure, send me your beam music and we'll be happy to play it. Sometimes you can't control it if you're at a meet where there's three teams or four teams and floor music is happening when you're on the beam. You don't always get that, but it's nice when you get to have your own beam music playing. So I thought that was nice to hear. And and I agree. They picked good songs for these Utah beam routines. I loved. That's so cool. I had no idea. And then, of course, Crystal Issa and Kara Aker at the end of the lineup, both just amazing. They hit so beautifully. Kara's artistry just comes through. She did have a wobble on her tumbling combination. She did a side aerial layout step out. I think she was going for a second layout step out and she was a little off. She turned the quarter turn, had to dip her shoulder a little bit, really covered it up nicely and scored a 9.875. If she hadn't had that wobble, that would have been a huge score. I wish she weren't allowed to look down. Mm. And I know, obviously, they're standing on four inch beam. I get it. Stakes are high. I feel like it takes that upper body and almost concaves it. And I work with a lot of gymnasts. I help them dance so that they can be dancers too. And a lot of my gymnast babies, they're turning from like this hunched shoulder position. And they're always used to looking down at the beam. When they look down, they don't jump as high. Right. If you want to go up, you got to look up. That's like one of the big rules with dance. If you're going to jump from the floor, bend your knees, be a big plie and jump high, you have to let your arms help you, which they do, but they don't let their body help them. And I understand it's scary because they have to come down on such a tiny amount of space. It's hard to watch for someone who does teach dance (laughs) in my dance studio. So whether they're jumping, they're looking down, so they're not going to get high. They're not going to get that time that they need to do their straddle or do their split or whatever, return, and then they might step in to do a turn. And when they go to turn, they're again looking down, their shoulders are up, so they haven't laced their rib cage. And if you want to turn and you want to be centered and you want to balance, you have to imagine you're wearing the corset and this. You can still sort of look up while you're doing that. If you have your shoulders on back and your arms are in alignment, you can hold this better. And it, everything works. The second you hunch your shoulders forward and concave your chest, you're already at a disadvantage. And it's so tricky because they have to do that so they can look. It makes me wish that they didn't have to look. Mm. Did you find that this was the case for all of them? Or did you find that some did a better job of lifting the head, the eye line and the chest during the routines? I thought that Emily Morgan did the best at being the most graceful dancey dance on the beam. Everyone's body is different and everyone holds tension differently. It was interesting. The body types in general, the powerhouses seemed to come from LSU and the grace seemed to come from Utah in general. And Grace herself. And Grace. Love you. So over on floor, 
Christina Desiderio, she was having an on meet. Her tumbling was really good. I thought she was well controlled in her leaps. The team gave her a really warm senior night sort of cheer at the end of her routine. She started them off at the 9925. Where Aaliyah was my favorite. She had really fun music and she seemed like she was really feeling it. It makes it so easy to watch when they like what they're doing. And she liked her moves. She was into it. Same with Sarah. I thought Sarah Edwards was just so great and had some really cool tricks and moments that I hadn't seen before. Yeah, Sarah has very different looking tumbling than most other people. She runs into that front double twist at the beginning, which this one was very well controlled. Excellent. And then she ends with the front fold to front fold dismount. She does that back tuck to one knee in the middle of the routine. That was my favorite, but that flip ball changed. Yeah. It was so cool. And I can't remember if it was her or who I'm talking about. They went into a handstand and they switched their legs in their handstand. And when they brought their legs down, that was their prep for a back set out. I don't remember exactly who that was, but those are both examples of athletes who only do front tumbling in their tumbling passes. And so to meet the requirement of also doing back tumbling, they do that back tuck or that back layout step out as part of a movement or a dance combination. It's wild to me that they can A, get away with that. I thought it was so cool, but like a throwaway cool moment. When Grace did her floor routine, Grace McCullum from Utah, when she had that cool thing where she went back under her hands and then slowly absorbed into the floor, was, would that be considered a back trick or no? No, that wouldn't count as her back salto. That's just a something cool that she did at the Olympics. That's kind of her signature element. And now she's brought it to her college routine. That is wild. Okay. Yeah. So I was wondering, because she didn't technically do a flip. I know there are A and B and C tricks. You have to have a certain amount of certain ones and then some are extra credit. Right. It's like when you go to a salad bar, you know, you get a protein and two sides and then the avocado and the seeds are extra. Exactly. You do the basic requirements. Your routine starts from a nine four. Then you're in charge of throwing in those extra skills to get you up to the 10.0. And from somebody like KJ Johnson, she's going to do an extra tumbling skill to get her up there. Whereas somebody like Jaylene Gilstrap, she can do additional leaps to help match those additional requirements. So that's where you do see the personalization between what the athletes are really talented at, they can throw in extra moves to get up to that 10.0 start score. I would love to come in and be a choreographer, help with the choreography, show them how to execute some of the fun movements better. Some of it looked like bedroom dancing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm alone in the bedroom, singing with the hairbrush, body rough. But not executed to its full 100% get down potential. I just want to help those people group. You know? mm-hmm. So hire me. Sarah will help the gymnasts groove. I will help you with that body roll. As moderate as the scoring had been for the first three rotations, the scoring got extreme in the fourth rotation. 
it was like the judges knew that this was a close contest and they started matching score for score. So the last two performances in the third rotation, that was Kaya Johnson on the beam and Sydney Solaski on the floor, they matched nine, nine fives. And through most of the fourth rotation, the teams became twinsies. One score got a nine, nine, two, five. The other team got a nine, nine, two, five. There was a nine, nine over here. There was a nine, nine over here. They started matching nine, nine, seven, fives for Abby Paulson on the beam and Sarah Edwards on the floor. And I thought this is starting to get inflated and enthusiastic. And I'm not sure it's totally matching the qualities that we're seeing in the routines. So shout out to the judges that they kept it somewhat under control for the first three rotations, but it absolutely reached third glass of wine level in the fourth rotation. Yes. They had hit their limit and then they poured one more. <laughs> so LSU finished floor with a 49.675. Not surprisingly, Utah finished the beam with a 49.675. So they ended two and a half tenths apart, just as they had started the fourth rotation, because the scores became preposterous. <laughs> there was a shot of an LSU athlete finishing the floor routine and running over to the coach. And Jay Clark was sitting there with his Powerade cup in his mouth. What are you doing, Jay Clark? Get that empty cup out of your mouth. Gross. Yeah, felt like it diminished the celebration. What's happening? Is there not a trash can? LSU, get some trash cans on the floor. What's happening? <laughs> Sarah Edwards' floor music sounded to me like Dr. Seuss got caught up in the Star Wars cantina band, and it was just ridiculous sound effects happening. Whatever it was got her there. It got her to that fun acting place. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Keep going and love it. So I don't remember it. And I would have been mad about it, except that she slayed so hard. So it must be working. There you go. If Dr. Seuss and Star Wars makes her perform and exude excitement, then <laughs> let's go. Work. So funny. You know, there's also a Broadway Sarah Edwards. I didn't know that. She does a lot of associate choreography too. I did Hello Dolly on Broadway with her. She did Music Man. Broadway, I did Anastasia before it came to Broadway with her. Does Broadway Sarah Edwards have the same kickover ball change that gymnast Sarah Edwards has? Honestly, Broadway Sarah Edwards, you do it off the piano with her three inch heels. I we might need a TikTok challenge between the two Sarah Edwards. <laughs> I can't wait to tell her I'm talking about her. <laughs> she also has two kids work. Women do it all. <laughs> Who are your standouts? from each team. It has to be Grace McCollum. I think from LSU, it has to be Haley Bryant because Haley was the most solid all around. Haley and Grace were my standouts. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I know that there's a reason they got to do all those things. I'll also give a shout out to Kaya Johnson. She didn't go on floor this meet, but her other three were excellent. Some of the best landings we've seen. And she had that purple hair and she was just a real energetic performer for LSU. Kaya would be my second if I didn't pick Haley over. And there were so many individual standouts on Utah, but I think seeing Jaylene Gilstrap on the floor and the way she 
gave a full, complete performance that was so beautiful to watch. I want to give a shout out to Jaylene and me too, me too. And hope we see her floor many, many more times in the future. I have a feeling we will. Who was a freshman who really stood out to you? I was really proud of Sage from Utah. She's someone I didn't know as well. There are obviously a lot of big name freshmen coming in with lots of qualifications, but Sage has such beautiful movement. She's a really refreshing, exciting athlete to watch. And I look forward to seeing her, especially her beautiful bars for the next four years at Utah. Me too. I think Sage is going to be my standout freshman. And then from LSU, I'll give a shout out as well to KJ Johnson. Yes. That yes. huge stuck vault, really powerful floor. Also a big fashion shout out to her for the hair, the makeup. Powerhouse fashion. Yes. She's a powerhouse all around. I can't believe she only did two events because she's basically an all arounder in terms of the fashion. Highest double back I've ever seen. <laughs> Someone could have walked under it. It was amazing. Huge tumbling. What was your experience in terms of the broadcast itself? I really liked how the program seemed to flow. All of it was watchable. I didn't need to fast forward anything, I, you know, because you can on the ESPN app. I didn't need to. There was never a time where there were too many commercials. I was thankful for the breaths of a commercial when they would have them and nothing took too long. I thought they were really fair in what they showed. I love how they blended playbacks into one another so that you're seeing best of the best quickly. And I thought the commentating was great. I didn't agree with everything that they were saying, but I'm not so tricky. So I know that it's a hard job. And I thought it was done very well. And I thought the whole program was executed beautifully. I was a big fan of the, the social moments, like any moment where you can see teammates loving on each other, any moments where you saw the coach connect or the mom in the audience, you know, whoever it was. Those were the moments that I'm really here for. And I know those are the moments that get America's heart invested. And so I really appreciate ESPN at things together to make this event. I love when they share that stuff. They know how to do it. ESPN and SEC Network has really refined this package to be a one and a half hour consolidated event. You see all of the gymnastics. It moves very quickly. The two notes I had, one, we missed a few B mounts because they were still showing the replay from floor. We would cut to beam and they would have already mounted or they would be mid mount. And it happened for both teams. So I don't think it was a matter of favoring the home team. I just think that they didn't have the timing exactly right on how much replay they showed before the next athlete was ready to mount the beam. When you do have an alumnus as one of the commentators, some of the comments were one-sided. She expressed a few times that she hopes certain LSU athletes score a 10. You're not giving fair coverage to both teams. That's true. When you're super rooting for one team and it spills out into your commentary. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as I've seen at other meets. I thought she did a nice job, certainly of describing what was happening explaining the routines and the deductions to the fans and to the viewers. But there were moments when her being bought in as an LSU alum overrode her being an impartial commentator. 
I wish that they held on to the gymnasts' names longer at the beginning. Mm. Because there were times when I was like, wait, who is this? I didn't catch it. And it went away so fast. Even if they used their first name, I wanted to see their first name where they were in school. I just didn't get all the information as long as I could have used it. And sometimes they would say someone's name and they'd be showing another person. They'd be showing like, you know, someone from the other event over there. You know, when you watch football, they had their headshot. You're like so-and-so with a headshot. That would be cool. You're looking at the back of them as they run, but this is their picture. Like a lower third graphic that would pop up with the headshot and some stats on the person. I like that idea. I think that would be a fun way to help introduce the athlete. And then, like you said, if the shot is them on the bars or them not facing the camera, you could get a sense of what they look like. Yeah. And to go the extra mile, put your Instagram handle, your Twitter handle down there at the bottom too. So then you can go and follow these people and, and see what they're like, get to know them. And that would probably gain even more interest in women's gymnastics, you know? Yeah, that's a great idea. They they would show the full lineups for the next rotation, but I agree they were up there quickly. I couldn't jot them all down or see exactly who was going. They did a nice job of at least showing the names and saying who was going, but you're right. I think there could be a little bit more time given to that so that you really absorb who this is. Some of these athletes that compete three and four pieces you get to know them throughout the night. That is what is going to help create fans is by getting to know who they are, what their gymnastics is like, what their first name is. Let's keep building the sport. Let's keep making more gymnastics fans. I love it. Yeah, why not? That's what you do so well. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Do you think you would be up for being a guest again in the future? Of course. And next time I'm going to be sitting next to you, we'll be in person so that you would see us together in the same room. If people want to discuss their feelings on leap positions and lifting your head from the beam and also discuss Kaya Johnson's amazing sticks on vault and uneven bars, how can they reach out to you? <laughs> I am best on Instagram and my Instagram name is Happy Meal. H-A-P-P-Y, my last name, Meal is spelled M-E-A-H-L, Happy Meal. It's a play on words. And if anyone wants to take a virtual dance class from you, how can they reach out to you? DM, slip into my DMs. Send a DM if you're looking for a virtual dance class from a Broadway dancer who's also been a competitive gymnast. Kenti, oh, I love this. Thank you so much for doing this. I was so happy to chat through the meet with you. And I look forward to seeing you again soon and watching gymnastics with you in person. I can't wait. We'd love to hear from you as well. What would you like to hear us discuss next? You can reach out to me on Twitter at KentyMac or email KentyMac at gmail.com. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, check out videos of some of these conversations over on my YouTube channel, Kenty Mac Gymnastics. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Stay safe and enjoy gymnastics. Double back with Kenty Mac. Mac.